Hello, hello. Welcome back to Hardly Adulting. I'm your host, Miranda. And I'm Jake. And welcome back. So today's episode is a juicy one. It's an intense one. We are going to be sharing probably one of the craziest stories that we have. I think it is the craziest story we have. Yeah, it honestly sounds like it's something out of a movie, to be totally honest. Um, So before we dive into all of the details of this insane story, we do want to put a trigger warning on today's episode just because it's that intense. We do talk about home invasion, police, trauma, mental illness, criminal stuff a little bit of firearms yes that too (laughs) uh so trigger warning that all of that will be talked about today we just want to be sensitive to everyone out there but other than that let's dive into the craziest story that we have so I feel like to kick this off, we really kind of have to like paint the picture and give some backstory. Um, so this took place, what has it been, like eight years? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So eight years ago, Jake and I were brand new first time homeowners. And let me tell you, I have no idea how or why we were homeowners in our early 20s. It We probably, I don't know how we did it, but we did. <laughs> um, so we were figuring life out. We were getting used to being homeowners and all of that, but we were really excited. Like it was a really just like exciting time in our life of like really adulting like we were doing the damn thing and we had just moved into our house and um something to note where we lived like the houses were just really close together yeah and and the neighborhood itself was not a bad neighborhood it was like where our parents grew up growing up yeah and it was very like suburban yes it's like very old school like if you ever think of like the bronx how like people had their houses like right next to each other with a one car driveway that's like basically yeah that's basically how our neighborhood was um so that's just kind of like a little picture of like our neighborhood and kind of like where we were at at this time in our life we also too jake and i were just dating we weren't even engaged yet like we were babies yeah like it's really crazy like just thinking back that that was 2014 so that would make me 22 damn yeah like babies like i we had no business owning a house but we did but anyways so that's a little bit of the backstory um and so Honestly, the very first day that we moved in, when we pulled up with our big U-Haul truck of all of our stuff, some weird things started happening day one. Um, I remember a story, Jake, I'm hoping you remember this because this was more something you told me about, but I was inside unpacking boxes with my mom and and we had a bunch of people over helping us um and jake was outside with you know i think our cousin tim and and some other people just just us yeah okay just you two and you were unpacking the u-haul and why don't you take over yeah um (laughs) we're like maybe i would say 10 percent left to move out of that truck just like furniture and stuff so it's like uh now cousin but at the time i 
Miranda's cousin's boyfriend. Uh, we're sitting in the back of the truck and, you know, it's hot. It's August. It's dicky. <laughs> and we're just, you know, taking a breather, shooting the shit. And uh hear my neighbor's door slam shut. And we're like, you know, looking at each other, but like, whatever. You know, people sometimes mistakenly do that. And then we hear the lawnmower kick on. We're like, ah, he's probably just like, you know, in a rush or something. So we're talking and talking and talking. And all of a sudden, this like metal scraping sound is echoing <laughs> inside the u-haul and both of us are looking at each other while simultaneously hearing a lawnmower and our eyes are speaking a language of what the fuck is going on right now and is that your neighbor and you know i i, I we both kind of locked eyes and we're like in an instant that's the fucking neighbor like he's scraping the side of the truck so like, so insane like what the fuck just never he never we, a little even more back to this like no one ever talked about anything going on with like any kind of weirdness in the neighborhood um not nothing from the previous homeowner on like you know who to watch out for whatever um and then the day we moved in not a single person came to meet well, actually the one neighbor did but that's that's not important um but like no one really in our close vicinity so we have no idea what this dude's deal is. So naturally, 22 years old, we're going to fuck with him a little bit. And <laughs> Naturally. Naturally. And as soon as he stops scraping, gets towards the end of the U-Haul. I think he thought no one was in it. And then he was just like being a dick. Doesn't Tim just, <laughs> and I saw this man, his soul left his body. <laughs> Shit came out of his pants. It was just a rocket ship of fear. And... He didn't scrape the truck again, which we did confirm he did, but it was thankfully not metal. It was plastic, so it never, like, damaged but anything. But, like, what do you think he was doing? I think he was, like, because, you know, a U- all right, remember, single car driveway. Like, go yeah. look outside right now and imagine half of your driveway, if you know what I'm talking about, you feel the pain. These U-Haul trucks don't fit perfectly in these little one-car driveways. I wonder if I had a wheel on the grass. Yeah, but that little... So this is going to be really hard to describe, but the little piece of grass that touched our driveway that was more on our neighbor's property was our lawn. Like, you get a tiny little sliver... You get, like, two or three feet of easement. ...of of grass that is yours in that conjoining area. So technically, the wheels, the truck was on our property and for some reason this man decided that he wanted to mow that little section of land that was ours and and ram the lawnmower into the side of the u-haul i do not understand it's one of those weird circumstances where you kind of have to just sort of take note but when you move into one of those neighborhoods on what's the etiquette here like you can either be like the big swinging guy that comes in and is like no i'm gonna mow my property you stay the hell away or you're like late Yeah, you just mow it. I just remember, like when you told me this story, like we were just like everyone was confused. No one had answers, but we kind of took that approach of like we're new here. Right. We don't really know what's going on. Maybe he's blind or something. Yeah. I literally was like, I have no idea if this guy's like sick or something. You know, I don't know. We just had no idea. So that was the first incident, and we just kind of left it. Like, okay, whatever. And. You know, as the weeks went on, we just started, like, noticing really small but really, like, weird things. There were times where, like, we'd go in our backyard and we had chain link, a chain link fence. Mm -hmm. um, And we would 
find like random objects in our backyard, like an empty milk carton. Yeah, like garbage that normally would tumble in the wind, but would not levitate up a four foot fence. Wasn't it like a crowbar too or something? Dude, it was. One so, day. Well, uh, yeah, the crowbar is a. The crowbar was a sign. It was like a small act of war, in my opinion. That wasn't. But I'm just, I'm just listing things that we found. Yeah, like, I mean, we found some trash. It, it was that, just random ass shit that, yeah. like, it was just obvious someone was throwing over into and, our yard. And like, usually when you get garbage in your backyard, it's from some sort of cataclysmic garbage accident or something. Like, you're gonna look around the neighborhood and you're gonna see in everyone's backyard some form of trash. But we had a milk carton. Just one milk carton. That's it. Yeah. And, and like I said, like as the days went on, like we'd, we'd find just other random things, other garbage at the crowbar one day. Like Always it was just lawn. super, yep. super strange. Um, again, it's like another like thing we took a mental note of. Um, I noticed too, like it was so strange. Like I would notice a lot of people would be walking in the neighborhood and then as they would like approach our house and our neighbor's house, people would literally like cross the street to walk on the opposite side of the road. They would like exit through our driveway. Yeah, like it it was just like super strange and it didn't really make any sense. Again, another mental note. Um, What else were like weird things? Also, like our neighbor himself Uh, He just looked a little bit different. He looked a little unhinged and like he would never like talk to us or make eye contact with us. But I noticed that like during the day he would weirdly like walk the neighborhood. But like he was so spacey. Yeah, it wasn't like a walk. It was like like he was on a mission, but no destination. Yeah, like he would like walk a little and then he would like stop in front of someone's house, like in the sidewalk, like on the sidewalk and then just like stare. Yeah. Like really creepily. Like Like I remember one time it was late. And I, cause our, we had our TV like in the main living room and there was like a bay window that looked out towards the main road and we had curtains and for some reason that night, I think we were just enjoying the breeze, lights off, TV on, just let the windows open. And so we had the curtains open and, um, he just was like, he just walked outside at like nine 30 at night and just threw something in the road, like something plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time he was walking and he walked past our house but then i looked outside and he was just staring in our window yeah like not menacingly like he was looking to like fight or something it was just like him just kind of like minding his own business but like staring in our window he just looked spacey and creepy yeah yeah like it It, was so weird i never once was like i i'm i'm scared of him yeah he's just he just gave me the creeps honestly and also like another thing i noticed like it he used to go you know like the sewers or like the grates in the street oh yeah the storm drains yeah the storm drains he used to walk over to those and like rummage in the drains yeah uh, it was just like the strangest thing i don't he was really doing landscaping at like 10 30 at night oh once. yeah that like, was hilarious I, I don't know so basically the moral of this <laughs> part of this story is like just really odd things yeah. like bizarre like I, didn't the one time too you were mowing the lawn and he threw a bowl of popcorn at you <laughs> like just weird okay weird Yo, that one that holy shit i don't even know why he did that but it was like yeah just me mowing that there little, was that little no easement. reason no no it was uh, yeah 
I was mowing that little easement and I had my AirPods or my AirPods one thing back then. Uh, earbuds. I'm just so used to saying AirPods. Um, and I all of a sudden see this door whip open and a brown object heading my way. And I'm immediately like, Fuck! and I just see <laughs> snow like nicely gently falling from the sky it's popcorn it's popcorn it ain't winter he fucking through popcorn Dude, he threw at a you. bowl of popcorn at me i felt like i was like at a comedy show and i wasn't doing well jokes on me though yeah so like fucking weird right I like mean, i just, laughed after he did it like all of this stuff there was just no explanation it didn't make any sense we didn't understand it but whatever it was happening i felt super uneasy like there was just something about everything that just felt super uneasy so i would say two three months go by that we're living here yep um it's summer two, two yeah months. two months it was summertime all of this stuff we observed, whatever. So we leave to go to a graduation party. Hold that thought. Okay. That, that, that same day that mm-hmm. we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I come home from work before Miranda and he is painting his windowsills mm-hmm. on the front of his house. Um, I, you know, he's minding his own business, not making eye contact. I'm just going to do my normal thing where I just kind of like casually walk to the door not on a purpose like i know something i don't want to like worry this guy because he's outside and i'm gonna be outside and don't i see something on the doorknob of our side door and it's a mm, note i forgot about this and it says in really like I, i'm sorry but like i have to just tell it in my perspective so that it makes sense it, like like little kid handwriting and it was very hard to read it not everything was spelled right and it said like something along the lines of I went in your yard to paint my window, the neighbor. And neighbor wasn't spelled right or something. I just remember like it being like, this is oddly childish. Like, what? Well, this is a joke or something. So I grabbed the note and I walked over and I went, you know, in my, I, I was trying to be as gentle as I could. I went, <laughs> hi, uh, I got your note. Uh, thank you so much. Like, I tried to like over inflate myself because I'm like, this guy probably thinks like I'm an asshole. But I love I love people, and I was like, uh, if, "Hey, if if you ever need anything, this is great. Thank you so much." And and um, you know, I'll see you around. And he was like, didn't say a word, just stared at me with these beady eyes, and just nodded and like his head down, like <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? And that was my so experience. Creepy. And then, like twenty minutes later, you came home, went inside, and then we're, we were rushing because of yeah. Course we're so late. we were off to a graduation party. So we were out like pretty late. Like we were out late. We got home when it was dark out. I would say it was like eleven thirty at night when we got home or something like that. So we pull into our driveway, and immediately we notice that there's like splatters of white paint in our driveway on our garbage cans like super weird like somebody was like you know today i'm gonna paint a jackson pollock tribute on jake and miranda's driveway (laughs) like but only white paint it was it was just it was weird right like we weren't home someone was obviously on our property they got paint on our driveway it was also i noticed like drippings of paint on the concrete well, like yeah. near our windows yeah yeah like it was all oh and again it's a very small driveway so the fact that it's completely covered tells you how close to the house you got yeah like it wasn't just near his windows like it was all the way right near yeah. 
our windows on our house. And that, that was one thing you said. You were like, what the fuck is this paint from? Like, did you, like, you immediately, and, and why wouldn't you? We're like, hey, adult that lives on this property, did you fuck up and spill something? And I was like, no. So I was like, oh, I bet it was this fucking guy's window. So I just went up and touched it. And I'm like, it's still wet. And yes, it's white. Yeah. So like we knew, obviously, by putting two and two together that it was obviously our neighbor. But the thing that like really freaked me out the most was like, why were you near our windows? Yeah, it was like, you know, what I mean? like it just it just was very unsettling because it's like, OK, I could understand if you were painting your windows, you dripped a little but like that would just be on the grass. Yeah. Like the fact that it was all over our driveway, our garbage cans that are up against our house dripped on the concrete by our side door, our windows like it was just very unsettling. And like and I, I know some people's houses the, the, that would be like kind of confusing. Um, mm. This was a Cape Cod house. So it's just mm. a, a rectangle. It has this little entry door on the side. The driveway usually butts right up against the house. And then there's usually like a window in between the door. And then our garage was detached. It was just behind the house. Um, and, and it was a one and a half car garage. So just to kind of paint a picture here, um, there's no flower beds, nothing like that. That guy could walk up and look eye level and see into our house. Yeah. That's where the paint was, right by the steps that we'd walk up to to get inside the house at the yeah. side. One of the areas where the paint was. Yep. So we obviously noticed this. We put all of this together in our head. We go inside. I'm honestly like freaking the fuck out. <laughs> I'm pissed off because obviously like we're new homeowners. We're working really hard to like make this house look nice and look like ours. And now there's like fucking white paint everywhere. So I'm like pissed off at that. But I'm also just like I just have a really bad feeling. Like I truly don't know like how else to describe this. But I just got this super unsettling bad feeling i just felt like i was being watched i felt like something well, was bad was gonna happen yeah like i just felt like there was more to this but also i just was like why the fuck was someone like near our you windows know what i just remembered too what right when we moved in they used to have that gate in the front that like like in the driveway they had that like gate that went across oh, the house yeah. dude we took that out yeah. Imagine if we left that in. I never thought about Dude, that. Dude, I just thought of it. I never even thought about that. So there was, like I said, we had a chain link fence. And it was really weird because, like, the gate to the chain link fence was, like, in the front of the house. It was like you could not pull a car into the garage nor yeah. get into the side like, door. Like, it, it, like, came up the driveway and was like on the side of the house and we removed it because it one was falling apart but also we parked in the driveway and like we would go in and out of the house from the side door and like it just it just was weird so we put in a different gate to the fence in the backyard and like opened that up Mm -hmm. just to kind of explain that but i never really thought about that so sorry sidetrack kind of eye-opening moment we removed that gate so that is very interesting. But like I was saying, I um I just I I just felt panicked. I felt like something was wrong. I didn't really feel safe. And I know that that sounds so dramatic over white paint, but I just I don't know how to describe it. I just something didn't feel right. I really wanted to call the cops because obviously like I viewed this as like vandalism. Um, so I like really wanted to call the cops and, and Jake was like, it's, you know, it's late at night. Like, 
this isn't I mean it's a big deal yeah, but let's like, just it's, wait it's for like the midnight morning and the cops are going to be like uh we'll send us someone over in the morning yeah and so I'm just like, I don't want to be all pissed off I was kind of and Jake knows this I was kind of pissed off at him because I <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to call the cops and just so yeah that's what happened that day and then we go to bed and I'm still like freaking the fuck out like I'm like I don't know Jake like I just don't feel right about this like this is so fucking weird like think of everything that has happened and we viewed in like just the two months that we've been here like I just don't feel good about this um so because we clearly knew who it was yeah that we 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 had no direct proof of but like it was obvious yeah and combining that with all of our past incidences with this guy it was just like everything broke a little bit more of a boundary and this one got to the bare minimum boundary of you don't come in anywhere near my front door well that's also like it it opened this thought in my mind of like when we are not home and he doesn't have paint like what is he doing Yep. like you know like is he in our yard is he looking in our windows like what else is this man doing placing garbage in the backyard or something like that yeah yeah and you probably hear... It's the 4th of July while we're recording this for everyone, so our dogs are not pleased. Um, excuse the background noise. But, anywho. So, anyway, so we go to bed, and because I'm super nervous, Jake has this idea, and this might sound extreme, but it's going to come into play in this story. Um, so we go to bed and I'm nervous. So Jake is like, you know, I have my shotgun from hunting. Would you feel better if like I, I put it under the bed? And like, I am nervous around guns. Yeah, you weren't. So you were unsure. uh, Yeah. Like I was kind of like, I don't like, I don't know how I feel about this, Jake. Like, I don't know if this really makes me feel better, but because I, we just didn't really know what was going on. I had this really bad feeling. I was like, sure, whatever. Like, put it under the bed tonight. Yeah. Like, I think I, I put don't it know. in the closet because I wanted it nearby, but not annoying. Yeah. But, yeah so we go to bed. The next morning, I naturally wake up early because all of this is on my brain. It's Sunday morning. Spicy meatball. <laughs> and, and again, it was so dumb and I like wish I didn't do this. But in my mind, again, I wasn't. Like, I knew something was wrong, but I wasn't thinking anything, like, sinister. So I was, like, the whole paint incident. Like, I'm going to go outside, check it out in daylight, and, like, take photos for when we contact the cops. Like, I'm going to be all fucking proactive. I'm, like, pissed Drew off. Over here. Yeah, like, me, like, being Nancy <laughs> Drew. Okay, so I, like, waddle my way outside at, like, 7 a.m., and I'm like checking out the house. I'm like taking pictures and I'm just like all pissed off. And I notice just because like I just noticed this for some reason that our neighbor was up like his garage was open. I didn't see him, but like he was obviously up for the day because his garage was open. And by the way, this is like very clearly visible from like our kitchen window. This isn't like yeah. Nancy Drew going to find out if he's up. Yeah. Well, I was outside. Yeah. And yeah, so... Anyways, I take my pictures, I'm minding my own business, and I turn around to go back inside. Now, this is where this gets juicy. So, again, this is like something where you was have I to, again? like, you were sleeping. I was sleeping. You were fucking sleeping. So, I need to describe this so you guys can get the picture, but 
But like we mentioned, we have a side door and it was kind of like a little mudroom. Like there was a screen door that you would open and you'd walk into like this little tiny room with a window and we would like keep like dog leashes and some shoes there and we had some hooks like in this little room. And then there was like the main door to the house that you would, you know, find. That um, space, by the way, could barely fit two people. Like, like one well, two person, people could like fit a porta potty size. Yeah, like it was small. Um, so anyways, I open the screen door, I, I'm in the little mud room, I open, you know, the door to our house, I walk in, I close the door, and as I close the door, I hear the screen door to the mud room open behind me, because it's old, and it squeaks, and I hear it, and I just instantly, like, my stomach fell to my butt. (laughs) and I just like something in me just felt like something was wrong again like because normally you just be like oh like who stopped over my house or like you know what person is trying to sell something and showing up I don't know but like I instantly was just like no 7 a.m on a Sunday yeah like this just Mm. have like this has like bad news written all over it so I instantly like lock the door and I'm like waiting a little bit because I'm like is someone gonna knock is someone gonna say something like I know someone is standing in this mudroom but they don't say anything and they don't do anything and that's when I was like fuck like fuck like this is really bad like this just felt a little sinister it felt like someone was watching me and like followed me inside I don't know so I instantly am like I need to fucking wake Jacob like Something's fucking wrong. So at this time, you did lock the door behind you. I said that. that Yeah, Yeah. I locked the door. Um, At the time, we only had our one dog, Nori. So I scoop her up because I'm freaking the fuck out, and I run into the bedroom with Nori, and I wake up Jake. And of course, he's like half a fucking sleep, and he's just like, "What? Like, what are you like talking about?" And I basically like shake him awake and I'm just like there's someone at the side door like you have to wake up there's someone at the door and I'm like losing my fucking shit and I'm like trying to wake you up yeah and you're like huh yeah you so, you literally were like so go answer yeah, it you, you well you went this is how I remember it it was Jake Jake and I was like oh Jake there's somebody at the door and I was like what Jake, there's someone at the door. And I was like, okay, go answer it. Like, what? You know, again, I'm half asleep, goldfish brain. Cards are not in my favor here. And she's like, no, Jake, there's somebody in the mudroom at the side door. And it was just the way you said that, because any other reason, that would be like, kind of okay, but not really, because it's in the house. So I was like, that's fucking weird. So I hop out of bed. I've, I look like straight out of like an Italian sitcom, like wife beater, boxers. Only thing I didn't have was my gold chain. It was a vision. <laughs> a fucking and vision. I, I grab my shotgun. It is unloaded. Okay. It's a pump shotgun. So it does like that, you know, kind of thing to get it loaded. So it's unloaded. And I walk over to this side door that we have. It's like a small six-pane window in the middle of the door with a little curtain over it. And I hold the gun behind my back, and I go, if this is anybody I know, they're going to just be like, Jake, you're one of those people. Go back to bed. Go back to bed. (laughs) And if it's not, and it's not a threat, I will just 
close the shade, put the gun somewhere, and then I'll answer the door. Peek through the glass, pull the curtain a little bit, and I start from the bottom corner and work my way up. Again, it's August. It is like 75 degrees already. It's 8 in the morning or so. I see this person in my mudroom with jeans. I can, oh my God, I can still see it to this day. Like dark blue jeans, work gloves, Carhartt jacket. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, that's like that tan rough jacket. Ski mask, sunglasses, and then a skull cap while holding a sledgehammer and a small billy club like you see like the police hit people with. And my Yikes. goldfish brain's immediate reaction was, can I help you? Because he's clearly going to kill some bees. Like, honestly, how freaking naive were we? <laughs> uh, no, how naive was I? You had the instincts down pat. And just to, like, paint the picture a little bit here, like, I could not see what Jake was seeing because I was standing in our living room holding our dog shaking like a fucking leaf because I was nervous and I didn't know what was going on but then when I heard you ask like can I help you I for like a second took a breath and was like okay it's okay like it can't be that serious yeah and and the weirdest part of it all because I peered through the window and he was just standing there like a statue no words you could you could clearly see that I was looking like it wasn't like I just like was peeking through a pinhole like I moved it and all I said, uh, you know, we left like a three second pause and I go, can I help you? And he responded with, you took my calculator. And I was like, like what the f- a fucking calculator. A calculator. A calculator. And, and it was too early for our sac- sarcastic Jake because there was everything in my bones afterward that was like, damn it. That was my moment to be like, oh, you have a TI-85 calculator as well. Does it graph like mine? <laughs> and I just did not have it in me at that moment. But anyway. But like a side note too, like we're joking and like laughing about it now. It took us like eight years to get now to this point where we can kind of laugh at this. But like. We were not laughing for the first few years after this whole thing. Like, it was honestly very terrifying. I have a very dark sense of humor, so I probably started laughing about it behind your back a lot earlier. But, yes, it was traumatizing as a couple. And with my buddies, it was just a different animal altogether. But anyway, anyway. So, this dude is in our mudroom, told me that I took his calculator. And I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) And I go, what? And he goes, give it back or I'll bash your face in. And I I don't know, but I just was like, get the fuck off my property. And this is like when it it fucking exploded. Jake is like screaming. I am not a mean yelling kind of guy. No, like you're like screaming and swearing. But when I yell and you were like, Miranda, call the cops, call the cops. I like. And I'm hysterically crying. I'm shaking like a leaf. I'm crying. I'm like hyperventilating. I'm like, I don't know what I did. Like, fucking do. I felt like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> in that moment. I was like, get the police. And, <laughs> and I loaded my shotgun and everything. It was like, like, like it was out of a movie. And like, I wish that I was fibbing on that. But like, I literally stared at Miranda. I was like, call the fucking cops. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and that's like when you loaded your gun that is what 
freaked me out the most because I knew how serious it was because I know that you would never ever do that unless it was like a threat against us. Well, let me tell you why because here I am he tells me he's gonna bash my face in while very visibly carrying face bashing instruments so we're like on strike too. so i'm like no this is like you've you've crossed many lines this mm-hmm. is now you're you're threatening like fucking scary right like you're, so, you're on a mission let's very be clear. clearly he's not in our home from the standpoint of like where i walk around naked and feel nothing <laughs> okay he is in the home where it's a mud room that has a screen but it's it, for all intent and purpose it's outside and it's enclosed it's enclosed, it's enclosed. Um, it, legally, I don't know what it means, but to me, he was legally. Not, it was part of the house, technically, yeah. Clothes. But to me, it was not in the house. Just so everyone knows. So I see this dude, and he starts to like clench his fists, and then like he leaned the hammer back, like behind him, like he was gonna swing it. Terrifying. And that's when I I like braced the door. I I looked at him and I was like, call the fucking cops. And I loaded the shotgun, and that dude froze. In mid-swing, what it looked like to me, and went, oh, fuck, and left. Just left. So I'm on the phone with the 911 operator, hysterically crying, freaking the fuck out. And again, like, I can't see what's going on. I'm just listening to Jake. And the operator obviously is like, what's going on? And I don't even like remember what I said. I was just like, there's someone at our side door. And like, I was trying to like explain the situation without being the one to like see what was going on. So the operator was asking me questions and I was like relaying them. Like I was like, what does the person look like? Mm-hmm. And so that that's when Jake was like relaying the actual well, facts to me. I think of- I think you were on the phone with the police. It was dialing. And as all this, so like the, this is one of those situations where it happened in about probably 20 minutes. Time. It was fast. So super fast from the time you walked out to take pictures. This all happened. And then finally a cop shows up about 20 minutes of time. So this moment in particular, maybe two minutes from getting Jake out of bed to on the phone with the police in that time frame. I had said all that was already starting to watch where this guy was going. Saw him walk into our house. And that's when I was like, Miranda, it's our neighbor. Like he was trying to break into the house and you're like, what the fuck? And then that's when the police were like, what does he look like? Right. So like, I think I said like, it's our neighbor. Like, and then they were asking me questions. So then I was, you know, asking you like, what does he look like? What does he care? Like I was like asking what they were asking me. (laughs) And so he was telling me. And so I was getting more worked up as I gave the answers because again, like I wasn't seeing this. So I was like, he's, he's wearing a jacket. What what is he wearing, Jake? And I was like, blue jeans. And you're like, blue Blue jeans. It was like, hearing somebody order for you at like a restaurant a A ski mask a ski mask I I literally was like please hurry send someone he's gonna kill us like I remember saying he's going to kill us like I was so freaked out I was literally like I could have thrown up shit my pants passed out all at the same time like I have never been so scared traumatized in my entire life like I didn't even know what to do with myself I was sweating like sweating I could have like swam in my own sweat I was sweating like so much and I was like freaking the fuck out you were like composed 
but like calm as a cucumber yeah but like scary like i I was almost like scared of you in that moment too like i was like what the fuck can we just take a minute real quick i was in like my not worst nightmare but like one of those circumstances where you have it in your head that you have to be prepared for something and then it finally happens so you're like a little bit like finally i get to do the thing i've been thinking of for this entire time who the fuck thinks of this people like me apparently that like to go do all that stuff i mean i yeah so anyway this was like one of those moments where i was like i know exactly what i want to do i know exactly what i have to do and i am not even gonna freak out about the details because i know i'm gonna win whatever this is so he's handling all of this. I'm on the phone with the cop. I answer or the dispatcher. I answer all the questions. And, and the lady's like, OK, like we're going to send someone like stay on the phone with me. So I'm like, again, crying, hyperventilating. I'm shaking the dog. I'm closing is, all the windows. The dog is shaking. Jake is running around in his fucking boxers <laughs> with a fucking shotgun, closing all the fucking windows, <laughs> hopping around on the furniture like I don't even know what. I can just hear that. Like, literally, I didn't even know what the fuck was happening. And eventually, like, I was on the phone with the operator, but eventually it cut out. And then I, like, freaked the fuck out that it, like, cut out. Like, they were gone. And I was like, oh, my God, we are like I was like oh my god like freaking the fuck out so we're waiting for the cops to show up and I make the mistake of I'm so stupid again like I'm in my early 20s and fucking stupid I posted it on Facebook and I think texted my dad Mm -hmm. like basically like freaking the fuck out like I'm like I'm having an out of body experience scared for my life and i'm just like our fucking neighbors attacking us and then of course like everyone is like what the fuck are you talking about and like my phone's not blowing up which like it was the stupidest decision it was because the we're, only amount of control you had yes but it was like in the moment i needed to focus and then I, now my phone's fucking like blowing up everyone's freaking out and i don't even know what's happening i don't even know if we're safe like i like i this whole situation hasn't even concluded yet and i'm over here like typing away on facebook freaking out like we're in danger and then like i tell my dad and like my dad is living in florida at this point and my dad is like calling me like miranda what the fuck i'll get on a fucking plane right now like what the fuck are you like everyone is like literally losing their mind and i have no answers for anyone because i don't even know what's going on so like it is like chaos fucking chaos and then i remember you being like he went inside he went inside he went in his house and i was like that's when i got scared i'll be honest really yes because i knew what he was doing with what he had when i saw him but you didn't know what he had i'm pretty sure i was like miranda go get in the bathtub you were like you were like go hide and i was like what do you mean yeah i was like now he can go in i don't know if he's going to get a gun i don't know if he's going to get a friend like what the fuck is going on here so i was just like all right this is a bunker until a policeman shows up and then it becomes our bunker (laughs) yeah so I it was traumatizing and then eventually a cop pulled up it was one single cop I will never forget this I remember the cop pulling up and there was like no urgency no anything they just strolled up and I remember you ran outside I put pants on you put pants on and you ran outside you told me to stay inside you ran outside and you were like telling the cop what happened and yeah. then like all of a sudden the mood changed he didn't even get out of his car he literally pulled up on the side of the road 
I ran out and he was like, did you call about your neighbor? I go, yep. He goes, did you want to press charges? Yep. And he goes, what happened? I go, he tried to kill me with a sledgehammer. He never made it inside, but I'll be honest, I had my gun. And he went, well, okay. And just put the car in park and got out. And I was like, yep, and there then he we called go. For called for backup. And so I, not even five minutes, we had the whole entire police department in our neighborhood. They surrounded his house, surrounded our house. They literally told us to get inside and don't be by any windows. They literally, like, it's like a fucking movie. All the cops, they were in our backyard, in our neighbor's backyard, in the front. They all had their, like, guns drawn towards the houses. Like, it was like a fucking standoff or something. Like, I don't even know. Like, and at this point, like, I still, like, was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, how did, how did we get here? And why was he talking about a calculator? And, like, are we in danger? Like, I still, I I was still crying. I was still shaking. I had, like, makeup, like, all over my fucking face. Like, I, I looked like death. Like, I didn't even know what was going on. Um, and I just, I felt like this point took a while. Maybe not. I don't know. But I just felt like they were surrounding our houses for a bit. Yeah. Cause, cause like I remember he got out of the car and then you were still inside and he's like, just go back in the house. I was like, uh, I don't, he like, here's what happened. A little backstory. I kind of was explaining everything to him. And then at the same time he called for dispatch, then two cars within like two minutes. Yeah. I think they were already in the area. And since it was like a domestic violence call, cause the operator didn't know, um, they, they call in multiple you know units and that just the guy happened to get there first. So three three cops for a solid ten minutes uh, surrounded the front of his house. It was using Miranda's car like a shield with their. Gun well, no, out. that was way more than three cops. Well, that were was there later. That like time. they start. Oh, yeah, you're right. They were knocking at the door for like twenty minutes. Yes, because like there was only a few cops. They were knocking at his door. He wasn't coming to the door, and eventually, like literally, everyone showed up. Yeah. The, like what was it? The chief or well, what are they called? It was weird because you could sense that something had changed. Yeah. But like since we were inside, and I trust me, if I could have been any more glued to my screen door to hear what the hell was going on i was living the episode of cops that i watched on tv as a kid (laughs) like i was kind of in a like okay Uh, i'm safe now i'm gonna enjoy this sorry i'm a weirdo and you you could hear the like the cops like you know they were calling out his name robert robert and we also did not know his name yeah i was like hey hey, it's bob next door (laughs) like we did not know his name was robert until this day right so um, but then all of a sudden they were like, whoa, and they all got off the porch and they all kind of split out. They pulled their guns out and they like, I wonder if like he yelled at them. I don't know. It got like dead quiet. It, you could, it, it was you like, you could hear a pin drop it was like the, in the difference whole between neighborhood. dry and humid weather. Like that's the only way I could describe and, it. And like they, they closed down the street. Like you couldn't drive down the street. Yep. They even, I found out this was after the fact I found out, but they were like, going door to door telling people to like get in their basement yep. and stay inside yep. like what the f- like, what the fuck yep. what the fuck yep. so anyways i just time- see this one cop pull up he gets yeah. out he has a gold badge everyone else's bitch silver badges <laughs> and i'm like oh shit that's the lieutenant or officer or sergeant or something that usually means like it required someone with more power to like make a decision and it was at that moment that we knew this shit was getting real yeah, and like it was like more and more cars and people sh- were showing up, and ambulance arrived, 
Um, and then we like saw some cop cars, their trunks popped. And, and everybody peeled off the house. Yeah, like everyone peeled off. But like they were still surrounding it. Like they had people stationed there, but like it went from like five people around the house to two. Like yeah. one on the back, one on the front. That was yeah. It. And then we saw them pull out these like massive guns, these huge shields, mm-hmm. and they literally stacked up like you see like on TV. I'm crying right now. Like by the way. they literally had like all that gear. Like they were geared up. They had these insanely scary weapons and shields, mm. and they stacked up. And you could hear it because again, it was so quiet. You could hear them like charge to the door, pound on the door, and then they fucking broke the front door down I'm on this dude's house. With testosterone and right they now. like rushed inside, and you could hear like the yelling, like the breakdown of the door, like the muffling like like it was it was insane and then it went dead quiet again and then the ambulance just like quietly like reversed pulled into the driveway can i be honest because there's a part in that story at the end there that i think people might think is funny and others might judge me but i have to say it what so the, that all happens, and I just see the ambulance pull forward, go past his driveway, put it in reverse, and as it goes, beep, 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 into his driveway, all you can probably hear is the beeping, and then me. <laughs> oh, my God. I have no idea why I thought it was so damn funny at the time, but, like, I, I was dying laughing. Like, it was just like... I was not It laughing. was like, oh, my God. Like I was not I, laughing I, I like at had all. so many emotions that, like, that was the only thing that could calm me down in that moment was to start laughing. And I couldn't... I, I like, still don't understand why. Um, but then, you know, they... Once they got done, they all came out. They immediately came over to the house, and they were like, you know, hey, th- you know, sorry about that. Like, I'm like, what are you sorry about? Like, thank you. Oh, my God. And they were like, you know, are you guys okay? And I'm like, I'm okay. And then they looked at Miranda and they were like, are you physically okay? Because you're a wreck. And (laughs) clearly I was like mentally and emotionally not well. So we had like four cops in our house and the lieutenant, the guy with the gold badge I mentioned came over and he's like, "I, I understand that you pulled, you know, pulled your gun out. And I go, well, I had it. And I just mentioned it to him because I wanted to relay the seriousness of the situation 22 years old guys no legal training on how to talk to anybody just was like no help don't want to like no whatever you need and the guy was like well let me see your pistol permit and in new york you need a pistol permit and i was like no no, no. it was a shotgun he was like oh yeah you're good bro you're good and i'm like really i got it and he's like no i don't need to see it it's all all good so at this point the situation is like over, but like at the same time, we have no idea what the fuck just happened. Yep. Like, what the fuck just happened? Like, why? Where is he? What was that about? And the cops are basically like, take a minute, collect yourselves, but then we're going to need you to come in. And like, we've got, we're going to have to make a statement and like press the chart. Like, there was like all this like legal stuff that we had to do. And basically, like, we kind of figured we, we might get more answers mm-hmm. like when we go <clears throat> in. So we like, barely collect ourselves i i remember just kind of like when everyone left we just like jumped in the car and went like i think i still had like mascara like running down my fucking face yeah and there like was no thinking up. it was like we need you to come downtown we're like when as soon as possible right now like yeah like i'm not it, eating breakfast i just like again like we just didn't know what happened 
And like, I don't know, it was just so weird. And so basically we had to sit there and retell basically what we just shared with you like we had to like tell the cops everything so they could document it but then like we found out some other information like they were basically telling us where like they're very familiar with Robert right like rap sheet a mile long yeah like they were like he's been a basically a problem for like years and Mm -hmm. years and years um they were saying I want to say a while ago like didn't he have some charges for like being a peeping Tom? They were saying that he was a stalker. He was a peeping Tom. That like, he alleged like that he was like going around the parks like trying to lure kids. Like what? Like the just fuck? a not like fucked up right in the head, dude. Fucked. Yeah. Like just horrible. And I'm like, oh my god! Like we lived right next door. And this to is this like man. the quintessential like American dream neighborhood. Like, that was how these neighborhoods were. And it was super safe. Yeah. Never crime like this. And so they were, like, familiar with him. And they were basically like, yeah, like, you know, he's done all these things, but, like, never any proof or, like, anything to actually have anything, like, really stand. Just mostly just a disorderly dude. Yeah. And we, like, learned that, like, his parents used to own this house and, like, Basically, this this kid, like, this guy lived here since he was a kid. Like, he grew up there. He was there. He had, like, a brother. And they were saying that, like, when the parents passed away, like, Robert, like, stayed in this house. And something, like, it was really his brother's, but his brother, like, lets him live there. And then it's, like, we opened up, like, a can of worms. Then we found out that, like, the brother was evicting him. Yeah, the brother owned the house. Yeah. And... I, I'm, I'm assuming inherited it from like an estate or something from the yeah. parents because he was an older guy Yeah, and let the brother live there, whatever kind of circumstance. Yeah. And I don't know why he was getting evicted, oh, but like apparently he was getting evicted and he was actually supposed to be out at the beginning of that month. Yeah. So like he shouldn't have even been living there mm-hmm. at this point. Why was he getting evicted? Do you know? The four dumpsters worth of shit that they dumped out of that house. Oh, well, we didn't know that. I know, but like I found out later. It was like. So anyways, sorry, we're jumping ahead. So we didn't know why I was getting evicted at that point. Um, And we were like, oh, my God. So like he wasn't even supposed to be living here. And he like did all of this. And the brother, I guess, shared with the cops that. It was because it was August, right? We said it was August. Yeah. Yeah, That I think August was like a trigger month for him. I don't know what that meant, but basically then we found out the brother shared that he was Robert was a paranoid schizophrenic Mm -hmm. and that August is a trigger month for him. Like a peak for when that gets worse. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, whoa, like this is so much information. But also like if you know all of this about him, why were you evicting him during the month that obviously he struggles with the most? And basically, it just seemed like his mental state wasn't well. That he w- They were also saying how he had a drug and alcohol problem. So, like, he had a lot of problems and challenges and, and mental health and illness and unmedicated. Like, just, it was really rough. And it just kind of sounded like he just broke. Yeah. Like he just broke. Like he just freaked out. There was no real reason. He was just having 
a, a mental episode thinking like he legitimately thought that we like took his calculator i don't know we did not take his there calculator. There are some really good YouTube videos, like TED Talks, of people who are paranoid schizophrenics talking about, like, how it is to live like one. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, th- this poor dude was suffering. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I feel, truly, I feel horrible. Because, like, he probably looked at me and whatever image or illusion that he manifested in his head, like, one lady I saw was like, there's an evil clown that comes out that's sitting in the audience right now. Like, maybe he thought I was, like, best friends with that evil clown. And that's why he didn't like me or was, like, fucking with me. It's crazy. Cra- like, not crazy in a bad way. Like, amazing how the brain works in a lot yeah. of ways. So, we just, like, found out all of this information. And it was truly wild. But also just, like, incredibly sad. Like, it was very obvious that all of this was preventable. You know, I, I question a lot over the years, like, why his his brother wasn't doing more like I, I don't know like it yeah just, we don't know their history yeah like I just, just I know don't we know. know the full history but it just seemed like all of this was preventable it just seemed like he just really needed better care and, and better help um but anyways so we find out this information we press charges whatever we go home we're fucking traumatized we had to get restraining orders or orders of protection is, thing, is yeah. what it was called um because obviously the cops were telling us like this was serious we also they weren't sure if he was targeting me because he followed you know me right. into the house or like we didn't really know his side to it all right. so the cops were like you should really get orders of protection like we don't really know what's going to happen with him if he's going to be coming back well, or especially like what because he was evicted he had no yeah. reason to go back there. But legally. like, who the fuck knows right. what this man is going to do incapable of or like we just we just knew he was taken away by ambulance. But we had no idea. Like, is he in custody? Is he going to be released? Like, we had no idea. Yeah, We just knew that he. Well, no, I think the cops said that we're going to take him to get medically evaluated. Right. But we didn't know what that meant. And like, we didn't to know me that meant not tonight. He's getting out. Right. Right. But like, we just we didn't know like when like we just had no clue. So we got the order of protection to protect us. So like if he were to ever come back legally, he could not right. be near us. Not right. that I, you know, whatever that we got those. And we just kind of went on with our life, even though. We were fucking traumatized. After I think we that. went that day and bought a new door. We did. Got a steel fucking door. Yeah, we were. We wanted to replace that door anyways because we didn't like the window oh, and the right. curtain. There's no reason. It's a perfectly right. And then I was like, "We hold need my a beer. steel door." <laughs> so we went out literally that day, got a new door, and I remember like when we were outside like later that day doing the door like all of the neighbors like came out and they were just like are you okay like like what what happened and like basically we told everyone the story and so many people were like oh that guy was so creepy or like this happened or that happened and oh my god and like they were almost like thanking us I was thanking them for letting me know about this crazy dude. Like, <laughs> but they were like thanking that. us because they were like, "Oh, like you finally like got rid of him." Is like pretty much the vibe. Yeah, it was like it sounds like this is the straw that broke the camel's back. Thank you for. I was like, "Why are you thanking me?" I woke up this morning wanting bacon. 
not this. Yeah, it was incredibly traumatizing and kind of like that leads us to kind of, well, what happened right after. So like right after, like I said, we got the new door and then we were like, fuck all of this. We're getting a fucking security system ASAP. Like in thinking back, like I just I feel like if you experience something like this, your brain doesn't work rationally. Like I knew that we were in a safe neighborhood. Like it's not like all of this would happen, you know, over all and over again. Having control. But yeah, but it just I didn't feel safe and I instantly even though this even happened in the morning, I struggled at night. Like, I felt yeah. really scared. Yeah. I felt like someone was going to try to come in again or he was going we to show we were up. At ground level. Yeah. Like, our window was accessible to get into from outside. Yeah. And, like, I just, I don't know why it just slipped a switch or I was just terrified. I no longer, like, opened the windows in the house. Like, I was like, no. Everything we put has safety bars on every external shut. door, every external window. Like, I just truly, like, I just was not well. <laughs> and this was before like Ring was really big. Like Ring was still like kind of new and I don't know if people were buying them yet or if they were just coming out. But like to have a security system wasn't like just run a Target real quick or run to Lowe's real quick. Yeah, like, you had to like go to a company that yeah. would wire it for you. Yeah. So basically we, we contacted a company yep. to get a security system because I was just like, fuck all of this. Like, I want everything. I want cameras. Well, I the, want sensors. The company that we picked was because I remember seeing a sticker on one of our doors mm-hmm. that had a company sticker on it. And when I called, the guy was like, oh, yeah, I know where you guys are. Like, he, like, knew what the house was. And, like, I was like, motherfucker. They had that, they had that security system taken out probably because they, they didn't buy it. They, like, did a payment plan and then sold the house before the payment plan was paid off. So they had to give it all back. And I bet you that's what happened is that dude was getting worse. When, right when we moved in, they had to give all that shit back. And then sure shit, two months later, we'd call the same dude. Yeah. So this guy comes. He fucking hooks us up. Like we were basically like, I don't care how much it fucking costs. Camera. Just give us everything. Like $3,000 worth of shit. Like so that. we fucking do it up. And it doesn't help me feel any better, to be honest. But, you know, it was there. And we just, we have to add this to the story, but it was like only a few days after, right? Getting I think it was the literally security. the day after he installed it all. So we're again sleeping. It's in the middle of the night. Well, I'm like hardly sleeping. Like again, fucking traumatized, can't sleep. You think you sleep light when you have a kid? No. This is like basically awake. Yeah. And it was actually, well, we'll get into that later, but anyways... All of a sudden, our fucking security system starts going the fuck off. You hear a bang. Yeah. And then I instantly started hysterically crying again. Hyperventilating. Hyperventilating. Like I was like having a flashback. I was like, he's. I remember he's like, he's back. He's back. Like I honestly thought this dude came back to get us. Three in the morning, a couple days. It was like a week after the incident. So like it was very possible for him to be out. Like again, we had no no idea. idea. If he was being held for a month, a year, you know, whatever, he could have gotten out on bail and then like, bitch, I came back from my calculator and like, that's all I thought. So at that time, I was not all clear headed. I had ginger ale on the brain 
Like, I was not there, and I was freaked the fuck out. Yeah, it was a lot. And I remember, like, you just ran. I grabbed my, because at that point, we were like, well, we're not safe. We're going to keep the gun unloaded still by the bed. I remember grabbing it, loading it, and being like, get the fuck out. Like, just like, I went, like, you thought I was being, like, crazy Like, Like, you could just tell, like, we were traumatized. Oh, I was PTSD. That's, like, I now, you know, it's 4th of July. That PTSD that you hear people talk about on the news and stuff with veterans, I, I didn't hear a gun go off in any of this. But that sound, that that feeling returning to me, that's not it's not the sounds that these guys are worried about, or these people, these guys and gals and the, the vets. It's that return of those emotions that are scarred in your memory forever. That no matter what, you are going to relive that hell as you did that day in either one minute or one week. Yeah. And it's gonna suck. And then that minute, I think both of us were sort of like Holy shit, we're going to do all of this again, but worse. Yeah. Like, I just remember, like, shaking. Like, I just felt like my body, like, convulsing. But anyways, <laughs> we realized it was one of the fucking door sensors just fell off. So it triggered the alarm. Fucking stupid. So, like. Double-sided tape. Well, was we. was about to write three on the letter. We literally, didn't we contact the company the day after and was like, we want you to come back and screw in every sensor <laughs> like we were like we we can't mentally go through this like was, i cannot go forget. through another incident of a sensor falling yeah, down the dude was the nicest guy by the way he I, was he and was. He, like we told him the story so like, he hey, like Eric, knew can you come like fucking permanently attach these sensors please because one fell off and i almost shot like like the doorknob kidding but he basically came in and just permanently attached every sensor to the wall so it couldn't have that happen ever again. In hindsight, I feel stupid because, like, you just take a screw and screw it in. It's not that hard. But, you know, back at the time, again, 22, I'm young. I'm, I'm just figuring out how to even adult, not even close to hardly adulting at this point. And, um, you know, I just wanted help. I needed this was where help was needed, not wanted. It was needed. So, um you know, we, we, that was a perfect kind of, I, I think, example of just all of the emotions that we had had in the aftermath of everything. The, the trauma, the, the residual feelings of anxiety throughout everything. And, um, you know, a lot of mental struggles. I would say for, for you, probably a lot longer than me, just again, because I think I had kind of prepped for this mentally, just because that's, that's, that's where I came from, a country boy. Like, you always are prepared for things to go wrong and you know for for me that wasn't too much but it was the the feeling of helplessness and more importantly that sense of duty to protect you and nori of course nori and and having that energy just kind of drained and then immediately required again like a week later it makes me appreciate first responders a thousand times more just because i i did that for one incident these guys do it all the time yeah i um I just, like, after all of this, like, I struggled hardcore. Like... It was rough. I don't think anyone even realized, like, how much I was struggling. Um, I'm making a drink. It was... It was bad. Like, I was barely sleeping at night because I was so terrified. 
I would literally like be up at like 3 a.m. and Jake would With be the TV on. Yeah, like I had to have the TV on because I had to have like noise. And like Jake would like roll over at 3 a.m. like you're still up. And I would just start crying, being like, we need to move. Like, please, I can't stay here. Like, I, I'll never sleep again. And again, we were only there for like three months. Yeah. And like, and it was, it was, that was like Didn't the worst completely. part is like we were so traumatized and we like didn't want to be in our home and we only were there a couple months i mean like financially like it just it wouldn't have made sense for us to sell the house and move and i felt so trapped and like traumatized like i wouldn't open the windows i wouldn't go outside like I remember even just sitting in our backyard, like I would be like looking over my shoulder. Was, like, everything fun about living in your own house it, was zapped. No. Because like, you couldn't absolutely not. You couldn't feel engaged with your neighborhood. You couldn't feel safe to do every and any activity in your house that you wanted to. You always had to feel like, well, as long as we're locked down, then we're okay. Like you go take the garbage out, it was like, Well, hurry back because the, the door's gonna be unlocked. Yeah. For five seconds. Um. Yeah, it was coming home late from a, an event. It was like you're always like walking into your house backwards because you didn't want to look away. Yeah. Um. God it, forbid one of us had to stay at the house alone for a moment. Oh my god, that was what that was like. One thing is like I could not be alone at night ever. Like I was like I I couldn't do it, and it was hard because this was also. A time where you started to get a travel job? No. Well later on. Eventually, yeah. 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 And like and like the like this trauma and, and these issues lasted for like four years. The whole time we were in this house. Yeah. And I was like still Yahoo then. Yeah. Well it doesn't eventually know, you were trying to you traveled. Mm-hmm. And even then, like I, I had a, a really hard time. Like I just it was horrible I really don't know like what else to really say on that to explain it just other than like it was fucking awful yeah it's sad yeah we, we were there for four years right yeah yeah four years and it was like three of those four years we were on not even high alert it was like constant defcon yeah, like I never felt relaxed. I never felt like well rested. The house creaks and you get anxiety. Yeah, and like eventually, Firework. like it got better, but like it was never really a hundred percent. Right. And you know, we made the best out of it. I mean, yep. it, it took a while. We made the best out of it. We put our heart and soul into that house. Got the fuck out of the garden level. We went upstairs. <laughs> we did. We, we did. We, did. we actually like totally we, changed we tried, everything. We're like, look, we're we're here. We're gonna do it. Let's re like completely re facelift this house. You know, the cheapest way possible, so that it's not a constant reminder everywhere we go. I think we repainted. We redecorated some things. We did a little bit more like Hobby Lobby places to make it a little <laughs> bit cuter. And yeah, we moved upstairs and. It was the only thing that we could do to try to make it better other than move. And that just wasn't realistic. Yeah. So, yeah, we we did, you know, make that place our home for four years. And um, eventually we we did move. 
And I remember like when we sold that house, like I was sad because we, we really did. We, we put like so said, much the, effort the in work. The last year living there was awesome. Yeah. We had the best neighbors. Yeah. Cause like. Couldn't have asked for better. Oh, we never really circled back around to the neighbor of what happened after. Oh yeah. Um, cause it brings us to like our new neighbors. So eventually it turned out that our neighbor, you know, did get evicted from the house. Mm-hmm. He did go to jail for a little bit. He did go to the psych ward for a little bit. And then we had to go to court like over all of this. And basically I, my like plea with them was like, I don't want him around me, but I I don't want him to like sit in jail for a really long yeah, time. The, the, I, I just, think the district attorney was like, being real nice to you being like what do you want to feel good yeah that's my job and i was just like i just want him to be in a secure place far away from me but a place where like he can get the help he needs like like i don't want him to like sit in a jail cell like he just he clearly has problems and he needs help right and you know as much as I would have loved for him to just sit in jail for a while for like what happened, I knew it, it was the right thing to kind of, you know, ask for that for him. Yeah. Um, and that's what ended up happening. Yeah. He, like I said, he did, he was in jail for a little bit, but then when all of this got worked out and once he was discharged from the psych ward, um, they ended up putting him like in a special home, I believe, mm-hmm. um, where he, you know, got I think the medication he needed, the help he needed, and like because this guy was in like his fifties, he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't a young buck. Not that that's old either, but it was one of those situations where he, you know, I think you were very, like, it was like the nicest thing I think I've ever seen. Any the most compassionate thing anybody's ever said um, was you in that moment because you had the ability to be like fucking throw the book at him like he hurt me and and you were like and i agree with you 100 percent. i remember shaking my head like fuck yeah that's exactly what i want to and it was you know i want to be tough on him because this wasn't okay but i want to be Plus fair because like we were just thinking of like his long record right like this this like is all not, the things he that cannot he did. be out there yeah like he cannot just be are. like living in a suburban right. neighborhood on his own right he, he is dangerous to us but more and importantly to others, other people because he's not children. allowed around us anymore yeah. right and and that's where it like just kind of dug at my gut and i'm like he has to pay for this but i want it to be a win-win where he's paying for it but then bettering his life so that it doesn't happen and that's the whole point of rehabilitation yeah so that's what happened with him. And we ended up finding out later on that this, you know, Robert was basically a hoarder. Uh, the house was just infested with grossness papers and, and papers and dirty. Like it was horrible. And basically the brother came in with dumpsters and just threw out everything on the inside all the, of the furniture home. everything like he just tossed everything because it was that bad and he ended up just selling the house and it was a i remember a year later so like this whole time after this happened we were kind of like will the brother ever come talk to us will he ever apologize Somebody. or say anything on behalf of his brother and a year later it was like the last day that he came to that house before they officially closed literally the final walkthrough yeah like on the sale of the house he did say something to us i think he just 
apologized. Yeah, he the final walkthrough happened and you know, we don't know that that's the final walkthrough. I just put two and two together once everything collapsed. Um, and, and he saw me working putzing around outside and he walked over the chain link fence between our houses and was like, I just want to apologize for everything my brother did. And, you know, we sold the house, the couple that we sold it to looks like they're a really good couple. And, you know, I, I just, I, I apologize. And, and the first thing that I said to him was, is your brother okay? And he like kind of looked at me like, why? And, and I'm like, cause I just hope he got the help he needed. Like that, that was absolutely unnecessary but if it made it where he's better then you know thank you for your apology but i'm glad he's doing better and he just kind of looked at me weird like that's not how you should be reacting to this but then it was like well, i appreciate your understanding and um you know take care and then that was it it was the most awkward wholesome conversation i think i've ever had um but never saw him again yeah Oof. And that was kind of it. And then we had new neighbors move in, which I will add were awesome neighbors. Like we're still friends. I, I just with texted them. her the other day. Yeah. Like talking about fish tanks. We're still friends with them, even though we both have moved away from that neighborhood at this point. Um, it in that like last year or so was truly the best because yep. we really became friends with all of our neighbors. And it felt a lot better, even though it was still never like 100% because of the trauma of all of it. But it it truly was healing. It got a lot better. And it was hard to leave that house at the end of it because, you know, we were living there when we got engaged, when we got married. We put our heart and soul into that house and we had all these crazy ass memories. But I will say when we moved, you know, to the house that we're in now, I didn't even realize how much living in our old house affected me until I was here. Yeah. It felt like a huge weight was lifted. It felt completely different. It felt like somebody had put weights in my shoes. And and my entire like, life I was walking them. around and then it was just gone. Yeah. Like I, I remember I slept here one night on an air mattress mm-hmm. and I left the doors unlocked. <laughs> I was so comfortable that I forgot to lock the house up or I was just distracted. But, yeah, I mean, and that's why when people move, like, our neighbors were upset that we moved, and, you know, we were upset too, but it was just sort of like we couldn't ever until recently quantify exactly how we felt about it and how that house, no matter how cute and how memorable it was in a positive way, it was tarnished. Yeah, we just got to a point where it was like we got what we could out of it even driving through the neighborhood today it's still a little weird yeah like it's just it's uncomfortable for us and i think it was the best decision to eventually close that chapter and move on because it was such a huge trauma um but that is our fucking crazy ass story and I don't know. I feel like so many people have heard us tell this story. So if you're one of our friends and this is like the 50th time you've heard it, sorry. But I feel like. I think it was the most in-depth. We've ever yeah, talked I think about this is like the most in-depth, but also like kind of went into some emotion on it that yeah. we don't usually do. Um, but yeah, I know kind of the last thing we wanted to touch on with all of this is preparing for the unknown this is gonna sound so cheesy and so cliche but truly I just think it's really smart for everyone to keep 
these things in mind. You don't think crazy things are going to happen to you until they're happening. I hate that. I know. I hate when people say that. I know, but it's true. I know. But like, it's, it, true. It, it's just like that you're going to hear. It and I, I like, I can collectively hear people's eyes rolling from our house right now. And it's like, I don't know how to say it any better than that. And it's sort of like, you know, time is, time is limited. Like you're like, Oh God, whatever. And like, until it is, then you're like, ah, shit. So I don't know how else to say it, but you're right. It can happen to anyone. We went to bed that night thinking we were going to get up and we just talk to police officers and it would be this annoying thing. And it turned into World War Three, our house. Like, not okay. Yeah. And so it's really taught us kind of some life lessons like that we really wanted to share with you all of just things to be like mindful of like I think it's really smart to have a plan I mean it's obviously horrible to think of bad things happening um but I think it's smart to have a plan like to even discuss with whoever lives in your home like hey if something crazy ever happens like I'll just like go to the bathroom or right. meet in the yep. bathtub or you know this person is gonna call the police or you know like just have a conversation yeah. of like what is the plan if shit goes crazy yeah. like what do we do because I tell you when stuff is popping off like that you're not thinking clearly you're panicking you're scared and you don't really know what to do and you don't have a lot of time to make decisions and so even though it sounds so silly and it may be hard to do, just having a little conversation of what to do in these situations can be really helpful if it ever does happen. I want to, I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. And this is relevant. Mm-hmm. But just hold on, hold on with me, okay? Okay. How many people do you know in your existence that have started on fire and needed to roll themselves out? None. Because we all learn stop, drop, and roll from like first grade until now, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reason why people aren't running around on fire and it's stop, drop and roll. This is that moment. Okay. When, when shit hits the fan in your most private and comfortable area, that is exactly when you should make sure that you have a basic plan on what to do in a emergency. I'm not talking about our situation. I'm not talking about Sally Joe's situation. I'm talking about everybody's from a tornado to a, you know, break in to a fire and whatever have a plan of what to do when you're where you are in this house where are you gonna go just just like Miranda said go to the bathtub go to the bathroom that's probably the safest place you could be because it's usually in a secluded part of the house and no matter what it's a good well-rounded number of, of things that can be covered you know just yeah. do something like that it's also fire extinguishers I was and, just gonna say yeah like even just the possibility of a fire, like make sure you have fire extinguishers. Even yeah, make sure they're working, they're ready. They're yeah, not old. check your smoke detectors. Yeah. Even like if you, you know, do research on how else to prepare your home for a potential fire or what to do, um, like the emergency plan, like we said, like try to get and, one for your household. And we used to kind of play game with it, like, hey, what happens if somebody's at the door? Like, and it would like. It would be that one of those things where Miranda would roll her eyes and be like, Jay, come on, that bothers me. And I'd be like, well, what do you do? It's going to bother you worse when it happens. I go into the closet and then, or, you know, whatever. And it was like, yep, that's right. Just don't forget. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Also, like choking is another dude. Huge that one. is like one of my biggest fears because I, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but I almost choked to death once on on a piece of Polish sausage. Wow. I can't get more like morbidly obese than that, and I am a big, big man. I'm slapping my belly. You probably heard that. I almost choked on a Polish sausage once. And from that point on, I was always like super sensitive to people choking. I learned CPR because of it, the Heimlich, and how to do all of that because of that incident. And one of the things, yo, you got me on a rant here, by the way. One of those things is when little kids are choking, they don't know how to react. They just panic. And you can't teach them how to go through that. No one really can. And someone came out with this thing. It's expensive. I'm not endorsed. I'm just a proud, proud admirer of this person's ingenious ideas. <laughs> it's a de-choking tool. I think it's called like the life vac is one or the de-choker is another one. And it's literally you put it on somebody's mouth and you pull on like this like basically like air pump and it <laughs> sucks whatever's in the throat out. And then they're safe. They're, like they're not like you might have to pump on it a few times if it's bad. But like it doesn't take a lot of pressure to dislodge. Yeah. So, parents out there, biggest, I mean, even if you're not, if you're auntie, get one. They're 40 bucks. It's a lot cheaper than, you know, the alternatives. And basic CPR, basic first aid, like, I know it sounds silly, but like, go, go to the Red Cross gives them out for free sometimes. It's seriously Your work might even. so important. Like, not just because we recently became parents, but like there have been situations where like we've witnessed something crazy or someone getting hurt. And like, I don't know, it's like it's nice to know basic things. I mean, I know a guy that first aid saved his life. Um, Joel's uncle, Mm. he was out four wheeling and hit a patch of ice when he was out and flipped his four wheeler it literally decapitated, not decapitated, defoticated. I don't know how else to say it. It took his foot off. And the only reason why he lived is because somebody knew how to do a tourniquet. Like, super gruesome, but, like, you never know. I mean, I've, I've watched somebody get destroyed on the throughway once and had to get out and, like, make sure they were okay. And luckily, they were fine. But, like, God forbid something happened. Like, you could be that difference. Yeah. And I'm not saying you have a responsibility once you learn it. You only owe that responsibility to yourself. But it, it takes a couple hours of your time, and it's good to know. It makes you feel a little bit more prepared. Definitely. And self-defense. Ooh. Ladies, self-defense. Yo. Remember how I, I... So Miranda used to work in this really sketchy neighborhood where they would, like, do drugs on her parking ramp and stuff. And I remember she told me she had to crawl over people that were, like, doing drugs and stuff. And I'm like, honey... Are you, like, ready in case something crazy happens? Like, I'm not going to be there. And you're like, well, what do I do? I'm like, well, I got you mace, like a little bear spray. Mm -hmm. Like, anything. Anything that you can do to bring attention to yourself, an air horn, a whistle, you know, practice your singing voice because you could just (laughs) scream. And whatever you can do to make yourself crazier than the thing that's happening to you. Yeah. That's my best self-defense tip ever. Is about somebody's cr- coming crazy, don't match their intent, match their vibe, and then exceed it. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's like, hey, get over here, I'm going to just start like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like they're going to be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> like this lady's going to bite my face off like a zombie in Florida. She's on bath salts. That's what they're going to think. They're not going to think, oh, my God, this la- I'm going to take everything from her. No, they're going to be like, uh-uh, didn't sign up for that today. <laughs> Best advice I can give you. 
Yeah. You know, you can get into those classes and things. I would suggest that if you ever feel it, if you ever feel even a little curious about it, just go take a class. Yeah. I would recommend Krav Maga if you wanted to know. <laughs> it's the Israeli defense. Defense. I'm not telling you to go out there and just start like shanking people. Okay. <laughs> And and you know one of the other things that I think is is kind of probably alienated from this podcast just from a subject, but to the people out there that think that they need to be like the public defenders, the ones that talk about how well I'm in when I'm behind you in line, you don't know, but I'm I'm ready to defend you. They're all full of shit. <laughs> the only people that are actually down for that are people that are police officers. So if you ever hear like your cousin or your uncle being like, ah, stand in the back of the line and I know that if anything went down, I would save everybody. No, then no. You're going to pee your pants. I almost pee my pants. Okay, then. I'm just saying, like, it, it's, it bothers me. It bothers me because those are people who the scariest thing they've ever seen is a television show. Did we hit a nerve? Yes. <laughs> I'm hot. Well, I believe that that wraps up today's episode came at them hard today yeah this was an intense episode i hope you guys found it interesting (laughs) and if anybody has any questions or anything like even down to just hey you know you were talking about something and like i want to know what happened more you know we can only elaborate so far and there's so many details that i'm sure we missed but you know feel free to drop us a line um on our instagram you know, if you have questions about how you can prepare to be better, I can give you my best advice. I'm not an expert. I'm just practiced. And Miranda, the same thing with how do you cope? You know, you know, you might know somebody who uh, you're close with that had a similar experience. And, you know, sometimes a, a softer, you know, viewpoint on it is what you need. Because when people are trying to be a toughie on the outside, they need soft. Yeah. I need it soft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks and for we listening. We will see you next week. Yeah. Next week. Oh, yeah. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please leave us a review on Spotify and share this episode with others. Also, please don't hesitate to tell us which topics you would like us to cover in future episodes. To get in touch, drop us a line in the comment section, send us a message on Instagram, or email us. We'll We'll see see you in the the next next one. one.